Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smartest Stronger Lena podcast on a mission to change the way the world eats. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm a certified nutritionist, health nutrition, brain performance coach, remote teams coach. Now, that's actually what I'm going to be doing for the most part. So if you guys have a remote team that is not exactly clicking and not exactly working, productivity being all over the place, then let me know. I'll hook you up, (laughs) so to speak. But yeah, I'll walk you through all the protocols, all the routines that your team members need to know to get the most out of this remote work location independent living. Besides that, guys, today is Monday. Happy Monday. Are you excited about Mondays? You know, guys, yesterday I got so much clarity about the project that I want to finish in the next three weeks business-wise. I'm writing two short booklets. It's all actually about remote teams and also digital nomads, so two booklets. And I'm going to put there all the neuroscience-based uh, nutrition and behavior protocols and essential oils and music and how you move and how you sleep and breathe, all of these things to maximize your productivity, your well-being, but also chill time, um, either for remote office, so to speak, for people who work remotely, for remote teams, or for digital nomads and location-independent folks like myself. I'm going to share there all the shortcuts, all the protocols that I've been accumulating over the years. So stay tuned. They're all going to be available as eBooks on Amazon. And I'm also working out a couple of uh, details about the physical part of that, kind of like a not a present because you'll have to pay for it, but <laughs> something exciting about um, these two booklets. So anyhow, that's what I'm up to. Um, sometimes, guys, I hesitate. I'm like, should I really take a day off, like doing nothing cognitively at all? And every time I do, guys, it feels incredibly unproductive for a person like myself who like who liked the doing part. It feels incredibly uncomfortable, actually, to just do nothing, be as unproductive as possible, not reading, not learning, not doing any of that. I spent one day a week like that, and the next day, my brain is just popping with ideas like, oh, let's do this. This is how it works. This is, you know, what you got to be doing, what you need to do, and this is how you do it, right? So I never regret this day off. And the more often, the more consistent I do it, and the the more consistent the results are, and they're always consistent, the more the next week I'm motivated to just curse out one day out of my productive week and let it be what it wants to be. I highly recommend Besides that, guys, today I wanted to share with you a couple of things. First, how I set up my writing environment to get maximum focus out of myself. Because, guys, focus is a lot of work in our world where there are so many things that can grab our attention, distract us. Um, It's very important to learn how to organize your routine to be as focused as possible on the work you need to do because the best quality of work, guys, you will come up when you're in that focused state, when you learn how to get there consistently and stay there for as long as needed. And the environment has everything to do with it. So when I... And right now I'm working on my writing projects. And I writing is... It's very mentally intense 
thing, right? It's kind of like a workout, an intense workout, but for your brain. And you need to consistently focus for a long period of time on just one task. And the brain has to really work. And it's uncomfortable. And you want to get out. And you want to get all these other things done that for some reason become urgent and important. And you want to distract yourself any way possible. But you can't let yourself do that if you want to finish the work and deliver great quality. So environment is a huge factor that will either help you to focus or will make your work impossible or will really compromise the quality of your work. So from my experience, what I noticed and what I learned from all the neuroscientists and all the brain book that I read, the best way to organize your environment for writing and any task that requires a lot of focus, the best way is to make sure that it is as distraction-free as possible. A lot of things can be different, you know, your sitting, your standing place, um, the room where you are in, a lot of things can be very malleable and different. But the less distractions you have, the better. So in my living room slash kitchen, I have a table, two tables actually, where I usually work, but I noticed that for my really focused work, like writing, it doesn't work exactly because there are too many distracting objects and there is this view out of the window. It's gorgeous, but it's also distracting. There are also sometimes some people moving uh, on the other side of windows in other buildings. And it's, again, it's a great view, but it is also adds what I learned, what I noticed, it adds to my distraction. So then I moved to my bedroom and I found a corner where, you know, it's not by the bed. It's kind of like between restroom and the shower and by the closet, this corner, and it's uh, facing the wall. And there is this um, light that is hanging, hanging from the ceiling. And um, I closed the curtains that are semi-transparent, but but then the view from that window that I'm sitting by, it's still facing the wall of my balcony. So there is literally nothing exciting, uh, great light um, from the window. So it's brightly lit uh, because light is important for productivity, for how your brain functions, for your feeling of being awake, um, for focus, for alertness, right? So it's lit with natural light, but also... What I have to look at is this light hanging from the ceiling, white wall, and then a gray wall of my balcony. And that's it. So I set up a small table that I grabbed from my balcony there, and I put only the necessary stuff. I put my water and my rosemary oil there, because rosemary oil helps you to focus when you sniff it. And... I put, again, the table, my laptop, um, something to drink, like water or tea, and that's about it. There is nothing there. Me, wall, table with my computer, that's it. Then I turn on airplane mode on my phone, and I hide my phone in the closet. (laughs) <laughs> that's where my phone lives now, in the closet. That's um, Sometimes I even put it in the safe, so it's like there. I know where it is, but um, I also don't have any urges to go and grab it because it's out of my sight. So I put my phone there. I sit at the table. I turn on Brain FM, 
brain.fm. That's actually a website. You can also download an app for your phone. And they have specifically designed by neuroscientists music that helps you to focus. And then they also have pre-installed these kind of protocols like Pomodoro technique. When the music would go for 25 minutes of work, then it would give you a signal and you're supposed to rest for five minutes and then continue your work, right? So sometimes I use that. Sometimes just put a timer for the time that I want to be sitting and writing. And I sit there and I start writing. Well, not right away, but I'm going to walk you through a couple of other details. And then the my drink of choice is right there. There is the wall. My phone is away. I have this music that, again, is designed by neuroscientists. And I notice that it does help me to focus a lot, especially after like five minutes of getting used to the sound. It's like I'm in the zone. And then uh, the bathroom is right there, so it's minimum movement to do the necessary stuff, and I'm writing. But there are a couple of things I do before writing that help me to get into focus faster and start actually doing the work that is often challenging. A couple of things. I do hyperventilation breathing, like I talked about on this podcast a lot about. So 25, 30 breaths. Um, then I breathe out and I hold my breath, breathe in, hold my breath. It's also Wim Hof, very similar. I also use my rosemary oil. So I do two cycles of this breathing. I breathe, I sniff rosemary oil that helps with focus, with attention, with processing of things uh, in your brain. And then essential part for me, at least, I need to start doing something and feel productive, accomplish something. That actually also is rooted in neuroscience because whenever we accomplish a task, even a small task, we get dopamine release that helps us to continue working for rewards. So what I usually do, I assign myself a small task that takes no longer than like 5-10 minutes. Something like order something that I need to order online. I do that real real fast. It usually takes me again 5-7 minutes. And I accomplish something. I'm like, yeah, something off my to-do list. I'm like, I do a little celebration. I'm like, ooh, I already accomplished something. Feeling productive, feeling that dopamine flowing into my brain. And then I start writing. And that's about it, guys. That's how I set up my writing environment. And I write as long as needed. I sometimes, again, use Pomodoro technique to take breaks. Uh, I try to stand up and do a few squats every 30 minutes during those breaks every 30 minutes. And I keep writing sometimes for 90 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer, but that's usually the amount of time I do my writing at any given point before taking a longer break. And it works like magic. And now when I get into this environment in this specific corner, writing juices start flowing almost immediately. And that's what the right environment will do for you guys. When you design your environment in the correct way, when you get there, even without all these tiny small particles, your brain will automatically get into this zone that you need to accomplish your task. Your brain is very suggestible, meaning if you always do something in certain environment, like you eat at a certain table, every time you're going to sit at the table, you're going to think of food. That's how suggestible our brain is. So use it for your goals, for your purposes, to accomplish things and goals that you want to accomplish. And, and you'll be blown away by how easier things starting to get. 
Um, I think that's it about the environment and how I set it up for writing. And again, any task requires a lot of focus. For my more creative work, I actually need a little bit more distraction. I actually like my living room slash kitchen with that view and moving around, having more space and having my crayons there and adding some colors when I need to, right? Different environments work better for different tasks. When I need to do something uni like a uni task that requires a lot of focus one single point of focus i need as little distraction as possible and that's what usually works for a lot of writers some people say well i work better at coffee shop have you actually measured that objectively like design your environment distraction free again maybe in some corner in your bedroom like whatever that is in some closet do the work there, measure it somehow, and then try to do the same work in a coffee shop and see how much you accomplish. Try to do the same kind of work, you know, so you could measure how much you accomplish, how actually productive you are. And what a lot of people discover is they're not actually as productive in co-working spaces with a lot of people or in coffee shops that they think when they start measuring things. It just feels like they're productive because they're sitting among all these people seemingly doing productive work, right? So measure things. Maybe you are more productive, but a lot of people are not, actually, when you have a lot of distractions. People are not that great with managing cognitively demanding tasks just because your brain needs to manage all of that. Like all the people, all the noises, all the, I don't know, things moving around. Um, the brain has to process everything. Even a small detail like phone laying by your laptop, by your place of work, will make your brain a little bit dumber. Guys, did you know that? Scientists actually measure that and it's and it works for everyone. So that's why my phone lives in the closet. <laughs> so my brain doesn't process anything about it. Uh, if you have any questions about this routine, please do reach out, um, ask more questions, maybe about specific um, routines, specific environments for different tasks that you're trying to do and that seem to be challenging for you to start to do. Maybe you procrastinate on some specific tasks a lot. Uh, so reach out. I'll give you my best advice. Also, you can watch a short reel less than one minute about how I actually set up the environment. If you want all the visuals, how it looks like. So check out my Instagram at 1000yearyoung. And to close off this episode today, I want to answer for you guys a question that I got on Instagram about Ramadan or one meal a day schedule. What would I do if I were to eat one meal a day or had Ramadan experience what would I eat? How would I eat things to combine them for optimal digestion? Meaning, so you have more energy after your meals than less, right? Because when you combine things, even if it's whole foods in all the weird combinations, a lot more energy going to go into your digestion and you're going to have a lot less energy for life, for doing things, for maybe walks, exercise, for reading, thinking. So it's in your interest to learn at least basic principles of food combining to optimize your digestion and get more energy for a life. So what would I do? I actually did one meal a day for a while, not for Ramadan purposes, but for my own um, experimental purposes. So one meal a day, what would I eat and in what order? I would start with fruit and then probably wait for about 15 minutes. Why with fruit? Um, 
great source of water, carbohydrates, vitamins, minerals, fiber. Um, also, it's the easiest food to digest, great to prepare your digestive system for digesting more complex foods. Uh, that's why at the beginning, and also because food is the fastest digested food, it goes through your digestive system the fastest. And if it doesn't, because you eat something before that, the food has to sit there and fermenting. And the digestion of other foods also not going to be that optimal. So fruit first, um, eat fruit. Ideally, again, wait for like 15 minutes. If not, then at least eat it slowly. Eat it first. Then continue with salads. Here you have your fresh salads with a lot of greens, not heavy salads, like, you know, Russian people, for example, I'm, I'm half Russian. We have really heavy salads, like with fish and mayonnaise and like starches, like potatoes. So that's not the kind of salad I'm talking about. You're going to continue after fruit with salads, like a lot of, a lot of greens, maybe, um, fresh lettuces and spices baby spinach and arugula and a lot of herbs, you know, just really light salad with some um, light dressing. So continue with salad. Then after that, you're going to have two variations. I recommend switching them. One day you do one, the next day you do the other one and then switch again. So number one, option number one, when you eat a lot of non-starchy vegetables, and if you don't know what non-starchy vegetables are, then just Google non-starchy vegetables and you'll know. It's things like non-potato vegetables, and also there are some other starchy vegetables, so just Google it, non-starchy vegetables. So non-starchy vegetables combined with protein-rich food, animal origin of your choice, be that fish, chicken, meats, uh, eggs, so non-starchy vegetables and animal protein. Uh, that's option number one. Option number two is all kinds of vegetables, starchy and unstarchy, also beans and lentils. And here I would include more nuts and seeds because they are not that, I mean, they're not starchy vegetables, but they are better mixed with uh, vegetables, with plant-based material than with animal foods. Um, although, you know, some nuts in the option number one also mixes pretty well. But if you were to eat more nuts and seeds, I would definitely combine it with option number two. And again, in that option number two, it's plant-based and it's free from animal protein because that one is a complex food that's best combined with non-starchy vegetables, right? So option number two, starchy, non-starchy vegetables, beans, lentils, some tofu for all the essential amino acids, um, naturally fermented tofu, uh, also, by the way, if you want to eat bread or pasta, this is also considered to be a starch. So this is option number two. Number one, where you have animal protein of any sort, I recommend to keep it starch-free to optimize digestion. And then also, if you feel like eating some Greek yogurt, uh, probiotic-rich foods with a lot of calcium, that also helps digestion. Calcium is important important electrolyte, important for bones and teeth. So a serving of that I would have uh, on day one and day two because of lactic acid and because of fermentation. It's uh, mixed and digested quite well with both options. So that's what I would do, guys. That's simple as that. And dessert... 
Well, if you gotta have dessert, I would definitely keep it with meal number two, because again, animal protein, it is quite a complex food, and when you start mixing it with desserts and starches, because most desserts are starches made of some sort of flour, um, also sugary stuff, makes it mix better with starches. So if you have to have dessert, I would have it with a day option number two. Again, we're going to start with fruit on both days. We're going to continue with uh, light salad, a lot of greens, and then we're going to continue either to option one with non-starchy vegetables and animal protein, um, and also possibly some Greek yogurt. I highly recommend that. Plain Greek yogurt also helps with digestion of anything. Or option number two, where you have no animal protein, but you have all kinds of vegetables, starchy and non-starchy. You can have beans and lentils. I recommend tofu because it has all the essential amino acids compared to other plant-based foods. And if you gotta have dessert or pasta or bread, I also would keep it with day number two. And that's it, guys. That's what I would do if I were to do Ramadan-like experience or if if I were to eat one meal a day again. And of course, I would also take multivitamin, multi-mineral, because eating one meal a day, it's very hard to eat all of the vitamins and minerals, having them um, absorbed and metabolized in the most optimal way. Uh, right, so multivitamin, multivitamin, fish oil, um, I would take that as a supplement. And that's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, optimize your environment for your work and see how easy it's going to be for you to deliver the best quality of your work. Um, then if you want to do if you do Ramadan or you want to do one meal a day, then do it like this to optimize your digestion and to have more energy for life, for sleep, for learning, for your work. If you have any questions, reach out, guys. Have an awesome week. Thank you for tuning in. And till next time, eat better daily.